This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Mile IQ. Stop wasting time manually tracking the miles you drive for work and stop losing money that you should be redeeming. Let Mile IQ do the work for you. Download the Mile IQ app for free and text Bad Christian to 31996 to start your 40 drive free trial. And if you create an account this week, you'll get 20% off an annual plan. You are now entering the Bad mm-hmm. Christian Podcast. Here we go. What's up, Nut Jobs? This is Matt. Thank you for coming back. I've um, got a cool interview, cool guest today. We have Aaron Lunsford, and this is something we recorded with him back on our tour bus in November of last year. I've just been hanging on to it, forgot to release it, forgot we had it. Basically, he wasn't going to be in town and because he was out doing a paid gig driving for a band and it turns out he was in town in nashville after all that night so he's got a good story about you know working for other bands for being crew and how that can work out for you sometimes and like i said this is way back in november and joey wasn't there so we'll do the episode then we cut to us hanging out on our tour bus and then back to the rest of the episode so if that that should uh, explain a thing or two you can hear a little bit of the generator in the background as well uh okay so you guys know we do amazon link There's an Amazon link on our website. If you go find our podcast on our website, badchristian.com, then click through that, save it, bookmark it, and shop through there. It means a lot to us, and by means a lot, it actually means dollars. So you don't even have to spend money you weren't going to spend anyway, but if you just do it through that method, when you buy your diapers, guitar strings, whatever it is you buy, stuff for your business, how about that? That'd be great. Then we get a kickback from it, so it's a very easy way to support this podcast. Additionally, Thank you guys for talking about it, rating it on iTunes. Please tell some more people about it. If you've been listening this long, the least I could ask of you, the least you could do for us is, you know, tell some more people. Let's get this thing downloaded. Let's keep the train rolling. We're having a great time doing it. We really do love it, and, you know, so do you. And be honest, you love it too. Three, two, one. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back. Doing the show. Having a good time. I'm glad to be. I'm uh, having a great time, yeah, man. man. I'm so excited to be hanging out with you guys today. Yeah. Honestly, you guys are my best friends. <laughs> you know how often we don't say that shit to each other? Like, we hardly ever say. Like, Matt, Matt, I was Matt's best man, and he never even called me his best man in his way. Like, he can't. Like, it's that weird male thing of. You can't even do that. I did. I I couldn't even have y'all in my wedding. Like y'all, <laughs> nobody was even in my wedding because I was like, I just, I don't know. It'd just be hard. And what do I do? I'd just be easier to do. Just skip it. Does that mean we're really close or not close? I actually think it means we're really close. Yeah. Like, I, I think if right you can, on. because I do trust you guys. Like no matter what, like if I need something, I know y'all would go above and beyond to do it. Like if, like if, if shit hit the fan, I think Matt would fly here immediately and help me do something or Joey I mean you'll like uh, like for example I asked Joey I just text him hey man is there any way like Friday night Jess and I want to go out and maybe stay out late um would you watch our kids no problem he just asked his wife and did it like and it feels really good like I trust this dude with my kids like we don't trust anybody like I mean I don't trust anybody on earth and to have that I think it's pretty cool but I do think Joey would appreciate it a lot if we said 
a little bit more emotional sensitive yeah, stuff. I'm she sure just it did. She just, just did. <laughs> that co- that covers it for for a couple months at least. Now you like, can go back and make it fun the, of me. Uh, like, is that a part? If you could look at all the levels of our friendship, like I make you laugh, hi, or man, we we see things a lot the same about God. Do you think like me uh, being sensitive to your emotional needs is low? Like, cause you kind of need more. It, you are you are a sensitive person. Yeah, it comes out a little. It comes out a little bit more often than you think, though, just in passing because of your emotional part. Like, you'll say things that are pretty emotionally charged. So it does come out. But no, I've told y'all before, like, uh, kind of joking around, but kind of not. This was at the earlier stage in doing podcasts. I felt like we could encourage each other more. And y'all were like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't really make for good. I mean, it doesn't really make for good. You not know. on the podcast. Not. I'm not talking about on the podcast. Yeah. I'm just talking about like as we interact and talk about it and all that stuff. But um, that's so funny. Like you, you do value that. That's like your nature. Like that. That I think you must value. If Matt and I were like, hey man, the uh, such and such part of the podcast, man, yeah, it was just really great. I love what you said. Like that would just mean something to you. Because, now here's what that would right? mean, and that here's what that would mean in that case. It would actually. I appreciate y'all's feedback because i know whether or not i'm doing a good job so i think sometimes you you guys will say of course you don't man no we love blah blah blah. i didn't know that you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and i you guys know that i struggle with guilt i struggle with all these sorts of things so i could i could tend to start thinking does matt and toby think i'm uh holding this podcast down like messing it up or something like that and so i think a lot of times when you guys say stuff more positive it's like oh okay no i'm good like does that make sense yeah, but you know, I would say that people around me that are doing things that I don't like or being bad or a drag or something, then the good thing about being a, a relatively direct and non-passive person is I think that's very obvious. So if I'm not saying, uh, you know, I, I would if I thought there was a problem or something going wrong, you would know that. So the the ab, in the absence of that, everything going on forward, you should feel yeah. Of course, I'm doing business with you. You're my partner. You're my friend. So I I would for sure assume everything is good because if it wasn't, you would know it. Right. That's the way I look at it, at least. And I appreciate that in other people. I don't feel like I need encouragement because I'm assuming if there's a problem, you would tell me. What's the way I like to look at it? That so seems that, more efficient to me, at least. So I, I'm being serious. I really am curious, just like y'all are curious how my mind works. So, Matt, once in a blue moon, I would say probably once a month, I'll say something to you like... It's not a blue moon. That's on the reg. <laughs> it's like a, yeah, once in a full moon or once I mean, in a crescent like a, moon. A woman's okay. period. That's yeah. not true. <laughs> once in a, once in a moon, sunset. Every single month, <laughs> I'll probably say something complimentary and it's not in my calendar. Mm-hmm. I didn't plan it. But that doesn't make you feel good at all? No, I disregard it entirely. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. That is so amazing. I mean, I so, immediately disregard it as just something that you do because that's the way you do. I, I don't know. Oh I'm not saying God. it's not true, but I'm sure I'm not, I don't think it's a lie. I just disregard you think it. It's something that Joey has to do. Like it's part of his. It's his fine. I'm not, I'm not complaining about it. I'm saying it doesn't give me any more fuel for, toward anything I'm doing. Or, it's not like that. I don't take it that way. I just go, yeah, Joey likes to say nice things. The last thing I said to Matt along these lines is I was like, dude, you're really doing a good job with like expanding Bad Christian mm-hmm, and connecting yeah. us with the right people. And I really was kind of in awe. I was like, man, Matt's kicking ass. Like Toby and I had talked behind the scenes. That blows my mind that that's not at least a little, well, that's cool that my friends are are down with it. Like, can yeah, we just talk love languages? It doesn't matter. 
Hey, you know what's our love, love language? language? Uh, you want to know for sure? Yeah, what's your love language? Words of affirmation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that. What I've never even read that book that or whatever. Funny because Joey thought I was ma- ma- making fun, and he was like, "Do you want to know?" <laughs> but Matt, do you know? Have you ever done that? No. What your love language is? Do you even no. have one? It's actually pretty genius. It is. That book is pretty dialed. I mean, I really do you think, think it so. Is. You you put it in that high regard? I yeah, don't think just, I've ever read it. Yeah, well, I mean, for example, like Priscilla, she's quality time because I'm the type of person that wants to hear. Yeah, like when she says I'm a good husband and doing a good job, that means way more than I love you. So right. I'll that's how I'll communicate to her. I'll be like, oh, you're doing such a great doesn't mean that much to her. She's yeah. like, okay, but that that to me, I can see how some somebody might find that book useful, but really, it's more have a language of love. Do you? No, it's. I mean, it's, see, I'm not joking. I'm not making fun of you. I don't think you have a language of love. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm not. I'm not picking on you, man. I'm trying to be real here. Yeah, yeah, everybody, do your job, and let's keep on moving toward what we're trying to do. Now, she doesn't have a language of love. I don't. I mean, Matt is always is the number one friend I've ever had that is shocked and surprised by love. (laughs) Never saw it coming. Never expected it to show up. And then all of a sudden it hits him. And that's when he's like going to be emotional. Yep. That's, that's when it like something out of the blue hits him. Like it was really funny when we were, we were at that last festival (laughs) and Matt's grandma passed away. And and so it worked out to where he was going to be able to play the festival and then fly home. But I started talking about Mimi and I was, and I just was like, I felt the air of like, wait a minute, if I keep talking here, (laughs) I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna turn to my left, and Matt's gonna be sobbing. And I was like, "Oh!" And it made me realize, like, that caught him off guard. He, he's talking logically. He's talking practically. Oh, well, I mean, she's 97 years old. That she had double pneumonia, and everything's fine. But if you just if you present a couple of ideas oh, yeah. about what she meant and who she was and her strength, like, I, I like said, if you go I, romantic, basically, well, like, and and start pondering, the, yeah, the art artistic beauty right. of the world. Or, or how much she meant, like her, her strength. Yeah, yeah. If you talk about her personality and stuff like that, it'll catch Matt off guard and all of a sudden he'll be crying. Like he doesn't, he didn't, he didn't uh, have a, a, an awareness that that's coming and then he's caught off guard by it. Right. Potentially embarrassed by it or whatever it might be. But I, I think... That well, the is, reason that is for me is I'm very singular focused. I, I'm... I, you know, the way I look at it, I'm kind of the opposite of a ADD or something like that. I'm I'm a extremely, uh, I'm the least multitasker in, in the world. I really believe I am. So I'm just doing whatever I'm doing, and that I am not. There is nothing else other than the thing I'm thinking about at that moment. I'm usually totally with. So it's not that that might be a better description as opposed to being not emotional. To be emotional to me requires something to make me go, okay, what I'm going to focus on for this whole right now is of emotion or a feeling or crying. I mean, I can't, I don't feel uh, a lot of happiness or sadness or these other things in parallel with whatever it is that I'm doing, right? Writing an email, working on a song, talking to somebody, trying to communicate. I don't, I don't, I just don't multitask very well. So Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Emotion requires 100% of attention to emotion for me. Well, that, that's kind of my point. That's what I was, I was thinking. Like, for example, I think if, uh, like if, if our kids get hurt, my kid gets hurt, I go into a little bit of a panic and I want them not to be hurt. And I'm thinking about this, this, and this. And, and like if, if uh, Georgia, Matt's daughter, fell and broke her arm, Matt would go, do this. Arm's broken. Get her to the hospital. And, there, and th- 
not that he wouldn't be emotionally invested or whatever, yeah. but he would he would handle the situation in mm-hmm. a very practical, maybe the best possible way. But I could see like Georgia going. Uh, I would say I don't have time to be sad about it. Is what right. I would say. But that's what I'm saying. Like he's not he's not thinking about it. He's, uh, one you know one track thought one da 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 da. Or but then like out of nowhere they could be laying in a hospital bed mm-hmm. and watching a. A TV show and Georgia goes right. dead, da da da, and it catches Matt completely right. off guard. So he's not because in that moment he's not doing anything. He's enjoying the person, mm-hmm. and so that's when it kind of gets him. Up. That's why, I like talking about Mimi, his grandma, like if you started thinking about the good things or the the enjoyment of it, there isn't anything to be done. It's like oh, wow, right. that, that actually means something to me. So it hits him. Yep. I think my love language. I believe I've always thought it might have been time, but I actually think it's touch. I know yeah. that sounds crazy. That is crazy. Because I don't like hugging people, right? But like with Jess, I know for sure, like if she sits, beside, maybe that's partly time, like us watching him. But like if she sits close to me or uh, gives me a hug or pinches my butt or something like that, or like even when my, when, like there are friends that I have that I do enjoy. Like if I hadn't seen them, they give me a hug. Something about that, I go, oh, this is a really special thing that means something. So I think touch for me, kind of is something. Yeah, which is, which really is why you're protective of it, why you don't like hugs, because it yeah, means something. Yeah, you're probably right. But, you're right. Uh, you know, to me, I'm going to say that book and that whole stuff is I'm not, is is really amateur or maybe hogwash. It's not hogwash in the But listen to what I'm saying. It's not hogwash in the sense that it may not be useful or practical to you. Like, I can understand how Joey can read that book and go, oh, my wife values time. And I mean, I guess I can understand how that's helpful, but I think it's very... Uh, I mean, it's just like a really, really catchy, dumbed-down idea. Like anybody who is really adept at understanding people and manipulation is way ahead of putting it yep. into super broad categories. Oh, Toby is a words of affirmation per. I it's mean, crazy though. I man. mean, you know, uh, like I, what I'm saying okay. is that I would. I'm way. I'm very aware that Joey requires. Uh, encouragement and those. I mean, that's like level one point of how you ha- of how to handle people is understand what right. they like, and it falls that's right awesome. into yeah. people like to be self diagnosed with things that are positive. Like, ooh, I'm this personality type. It means that I'm a hero, and I am this, and I'm just the kind of person that doesn't like crap. You know what? I'm the kind of person that just loves sweets. Like, if you wrote a book about your type. And the book type, and it said, "Are you a person that loves sweets or loves salt?" Everybody would choose one of those and be so happy to be to identify as one of those people. You know what I mean? See, I think pretty basic one hundred and one stuff. It's just it's a book of tales. Like, I, if that's the case, then I know in order to manipulate Joey, I just say right. some things. But you knew that I anyway. Say some hard things uh, attached with good things, and you will respond. Yeah, you know, but people like, are much I, more complicated than that anyway. Anymore. No, yep. Priscilla could manipulate you. Jessica could easily manipulate me. Anything right. she wants, of course. If she just sat beside me, scrunched up of beside course. me, pinched my butt when I walked by. I'd be hers. But people are much I'd more complicated anything. than that. You've kind of dumbed it down when you've when you've identified Toby as simply driven by touch. So that's that's super no, I basic. I don't think it's totally saying that. Yeah, but you got to read you it. You got to read it. I'm, I'm not going to read it. that. Matt, let me Matt. Ask, let me ask you this. Get this, it on Audible. This is this is super interesting to me. All right. So with how you described, like just how you process things, how you do life, and all that stuff. Toby and I, we love you, pal. I mean, we do. We appreciate it. Great friend. Moving on. <laughs> no, but here, <laughs> why why do you think what's people's motivation to be your friend? Well, I'm, I'm useful. 
how is that friendship though? Like, if well, what you else ask is Toby, it? Why are you? No, you friend? think you're entertaining? Yeah, too. I'm funny. That's useful. I mean, it's just I'm, I'm, I don't. I, to me, that's a value. Well, Everybody. I mean, it's very it's va- helpful, Matt. You can't valuable. That's friendship. If someone said, "Hey, why do you hang?" Useful, if someone yeah, asked, right. to, if someone yeah. asked Toby, "Hey, why do you hang out with Matt so much?" He said, "He's useful." Right. Valuable. Useful. That would not sound like a friendship. No, I know it doesn't sound like it, but that's what it is. People just don't like thinking that <laughs> way, but that's what it is. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, mean I, I understand it sounds less romantic than people like to think about themselves, but fundamentally, that's what it is. It's utility, value, and uh, efficiency, and usefulness. That's what, that's what it is. Matt is a tool that we use to gain... <laughs> Listener, I mean, of course, that sounds funny to say it that way, but it just, I mean, I want to be a useful and valuable person to my wife. That's my goal. I love her. I love our family. And the best I can be is useful and valuable and, and being interactive and this touching and loving and kissing is all part of that. What, what does Bridget do for you, though, that you're like, whoa, man, that felt great? Like, it, and I'm not, obviously, we, we I mean, joking. everything that would register on everybody else, I like kisses or back scratches or cooking dinner or helping. Uh, to make me be a better man and realize that stuff. Right. I mean, I'll, everything you're saying, I just view it in a different but way. But don't you think on a certain level, if she comes to you and goes, hey, I really need your help. Could you help me figure this out? That would be like, whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Yeah. I like to that, communicate. So that's what you're saying. Your that, language that's is like a, need, yeah. needing to be needed. That kind of that yeah. actually feels really good to you. Sure. Whoa, I, I'm, I'm the intelligent person here that can help this person. Just useful. Yeah, right. I like that. All right, cool. Well, Joey, you are, I just want to tell you, since you've been doing the keto diet, you look great. And uh, I mean, we couldn't do this podcast without you. (laughs) Matt, uh, Mm -hmm. you are so awesome in the way that you break things down. A lot of times science and all that stuff. And I need you to help me get our taxes done. Okay. Thank you for that. uh, I'm on it. And if y'all could just not touch me, I'm set. All right. Let's take a break. Bring on a guest. I don't know. Let's do something. Sounds good. Take a break. Joe, you know what's been saving me time and money? Uh, you stopped eating out. No, I will never do that. <laughs> but, my friend, I need to track my miles. For the longest time, it's been just a oh, hassle. Gotcha. And honestly, I just skipped it. I just like, I'll take, I'll take the hicks. I don't want to deal with it. You about to talk about Mile IQ? Yes, I oh, am, man. sir. It is so awesome. From appointments with clients, meetings, errands, Unless you're chained to your desk all day, then you're one of the 60 million Americans who drives for work. Driving for work is a double-edged sword. Either you're spending too much time tracking every mile or you're just guesstimating, and that's what I do. It's yeah, crazy. This is the number one mileage tracker app out there. Mile IQ, More than baby. a million Americans trust it. And here's what is so awesome is you basically just have the app running, and the app recognizes when you're actually driving in the car, and the app recognizes when you stop the car. When you stop the car, the app basically gives you the option to signify that trip as a personal trip or business trip. So it's basically just doing work for you. You don't even have to ask it to do. Totally. The average mile IQ user logs $547 a month. That is insane. When I heard that, I started uh, logging my own, and I was like, oh, holy cow, I'm saving tons of money and time. Mile IQ has a five-star rating from both Google Play and iTunes App Store. So stop wasting time manually tracking your miles or start tracking 
tracking your miles like I'm starting to do and stop losing money that you should be redeeming. Yep, so text bad Christian to 31996 to start your 40 drive free trial. Create an account this week and you'll get 20% off an annual plan. Standard messaging and data rates apply, obviously. Standard messaging and data rates apply. Let me say that one more time. Text bad Christian to 31996 to start your 40 drive free trial. Create an account this week and you'll get 20% off an annual plan. Right from the beginning of the record, you take some shots at Christian Christian and evangelical culture, and yet you're releasing this record on tooth and nail. How, how does that uh, how does that work out? When I was shopping this record for to labels, you know, I think that my manager called me and he was like, "Hey, a tooth and nail's interested," and I was like, "No way!" <laughs> I was like, "That's crazy!" Like when I listened to your guys' uh, interview with David Bazan, right? And he's such a thoughtful, amazing guy. And if David Bazan is is kind of the guy that's outside of Christianity saying, I don't know, um, and these are my questions about it. Me being able to say, like, I'm still inside, I'm still under the umbrella of it, but I also don't know, and I still have a lot of questions about it. It's okay to be in and still have stuff not make sense and still have, like, a lot of the things that I always believed turn out to seem pretty untrue. So, and I think that Tooth and Nail was, like, they ended up being into that idea, which was shocking to me, so... Maybe he is occupied with other people's wars Or he's organized militia To fight the war on Christmas Or maybe he's protecting our children from the gays Who have promised to destroy this utopia we've made In his name. That was In Your Name from Tyson Motzenbacher's brand new record, In Letters to name. Lost Loves, which we are huge fans of. If you haven't picked it up already, it's available on iTunes, In or you can head over to toothandnail.merchline.com and pick up your copy today. We got a, uh, The uh, Lunsford <laughs> Returns. <laughs> the Black Cloud Chronicles, I'll call it. So we uh, last time we talked to you, it was on the heels of your nervous breakdown. Is that what we call it? Yeah, <laughs> accurate. There's another. There's another mic here, and this mic's on. If anybody wants to talk or laugh, by the way. Anyway, we're in the the bus tonight. We got a Lunsford who, uh, last I heard from you, you got last I heard is Bunda told us you got a job, and you were going to be driving a mud vein. Mud vein. Members from mud. Vein. Members from mud veins. Side project, and uh, you were going to yeah, be their driver yeah. on tour in a, a bandwagon. Ban- a bandwagon, yep. Okay, and so we didn't expect to see you on this tour because you're supposed to be out for like five weeks with Mudvayne. Yep, left then, on Sunday. Okay, so what, how are, how is it that you're back in Nashville tonight <laughs> to join us? I'm dying to know. Well, <laughs> bandwagon is kind of a sham, I think, or a scam. Not a scam. Okay. I don't want to get in trouble for saying that. <laughs> uh, was there, they, they're a workaround, yeah. Well, how do I get into this? I was driving overnight from uh, Indianapolis. We are going to Lincoln. Can we just slow down? Why would you take such a job in the first place? Uh, to go drive for, for these How'd guys? you find it? Why'd they want you? That email, you know that email list that 
It's like tour jobs. Like band crew Bob jobs. Bob yeah, yeah. the email list. Yeah. Uh, so it came through, and just it, money was pretty good. Just thought, uh, yeah, you know, go make a little bunch of money, drive around for a few weeks. So, But you'd be doing overnight drives and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just seemed, yeah, I'll do that. Um, we're talk- I was what talking, was it yeah, like? I'm going, I'm going back to school in January. Uh-huh. So I was like, yeah, I'll just go out and drive. What What was the pay? Uh, seven fifty a week. Okay, pretty good. You got drive Plus every day. Hotels and, or you had to sleep. Well, on there's that. a bunk in the bandwagon. Oh that's yeah, yeah, actually really comfortable, and you have you're totally separate from the band. Yeah. And um, so you wouldn't have hung out with them at all. You didn't have any. Like, no, I planned not to hang out yeah. with them at all. <laughs> Did you though? Like, what are they like? Are they they were perfectly friendly. Yeah. At first, I don't know. At first, at first, <laughs> I don't know how they feel about me now, but. Okay, we'll get to that. I'm dying to know what happened there. So we're driving from Indy to Lincoln overnight. This is what day of the tour? The first night. The tour had not even started. <laughs> there had not been a – there was not even a show yet. We were driving to the first show in Lincoln, Nebraska. And, um, you know, it's a rig. Yeah. It's like we, we had a trailer, maybe 18 or 16-foot yeah. trailer. Yeah. Big trailer. Yeah. And then the bandwagons, they're not this long, but they're probably 35 feet. Yes, yeah, long. And then plus right. the trailer. Yeah. So all in all, 55. Does it, how does it feel compared to driving this rig? It's awful. It's harder they, to drive. They, yeah, the they bus. don't drive well. Yeah. You're shimmying all over the place and yep. bouncing. It's not smooth. And it's not like the, you know, it's like a, they're freight liners. So I think they're the yep. things that like um, race car people bo- get. Big box oh, trucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Converted so bandwagon, trucks. they just take them and convert them into. Yep. An RV, basically. Yeah. And, uh-huh. But they seemed, the inside of them seems comfortable enough. Yeah. You know, kind of makeshift, but got eight bunks or whatever. But it does not drive well. And so the first night of the tour is rain. The, it's 650 miles from Indy to Lincoln. Oh and it's God. raining the whole time. And I 74 out of Indy is just road work, like for hundreds of miles till you get to 80 uh, in uh, Illinois. So it was a pretty rough drive, and um, so I do that. Like I'd been on it like eight hours. Left get, at what time? Left at midnight. Tank. Yeah. So it's eight o'clock in the morning, and I pull into get gas. Go in to get gas. Their credit card's not working. So I go to the tour manager. Hey, credit card's not working. And he's like, "All right." And he uses his own credit card. And uh, oh, he had sent me a text. I hit like a rumble strip in the middle of the night. And he sent me a text, like, you okay up there? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. But also, you know, with the road work, you hit rumble strips, like, right. going yeah, through. Sometimes right. it's so on, I was driving drive. good yeah, right. Um, for the conditions anyway. So anyway, we're going to hit back on the road. We're probably three hours from Lincoln now. And um, tour manager goes around to do a check. Just every time we get going, somebody would walk around. And he comes and knocks on the door, and he's like, uh, we lost a wheel on the trailer. And I was oh like, what my. do you mean? He's like, it's just gone. <laughs> <laughs> and so I walk back, and there's just a wheel gone. Missing on it. So and it's, it's a double two- axle. Yeah. But one wheel is the lug, the lugs, is that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah. Are, like, ripped, like, in half. Yeah. The just flew off. Right. That happens when the when the bearings lose their grease and they lock yeah. up and the wheel just right. breaks right. off of there. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know for sure, but he seemed to be putting it on me a little bit. Yeah. Right. Which I didn't think was fair. Yeah. For one, th- 
for one thing, because I walked back there and I'm like, who knows when it, it happened? And I'd made one other stop throughout the night, but it was there then. Right. But I'd been driving for four hours straight at that point. So the wheel could have came off 200 miles ago. Yeah. And so I was just like, I mean, I didn't feel anything. And you wouldn't feel anything. No. Like how far right. up front I am and then just a trailer wheel right. pops off. You wouldn't feel that. And so he looked kind of mad and annoyed at me. And then, <laughs> you know, we went back up front <laughs> trying to figure out what we were going to do. All right. And uh, he's like, well, there's a, a shop like 50 miles from here. Um, let's just try to get down there. And he goes, just take it easy and don't hit any more rumble strips. He said that? Yeah. yeah. So he definitely thinks it's on you. Yeah. yeah. And, right. Oh, and right before that, I had said, I was like, you ever seen that happen in a trailer? And he goes, not to me. I haven't. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> up to this point, me and him had been totally, he cool. was like the most normal one yeah. on the tour by far. I thought, oh, well, we get, me and this guy would get along. I, didn't, I wasn't particularly impressed with him. Like, not to, you know, like Bunda's a great tour manager. Right. This guy, eh, you know. Yeah, whatever. He's like a, he's a front of house guy, too. It's more like yeah, he's, those a, aren't really he's good. a front of house guy good. who. Yeah, just trying to make a little yeah. bit yeah. extra money. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, so we're going to go down to try to find this tire shop. Uh, so we get there. And we're waiting for a long... I end up taking a nap because it's just taking forever. So they can't fix it. Like, all right, we're going to go down to this other place, uh, you know, 10 miles down the road or something like that. Go to that place. They can't do anything. And he's like, all right, let's just go to Lincoln. Oh, there's a place there. We'll take it to. And that way we can get the guys to the show. I'm like, all right. So we get right outside Omaha, about a mile from Omaha, still in Iowa. And I pass this state trooper... And he starts driving beside me for a long time, real slow. It's tr- kind of heavy traffic because it's uh, uh, getting near rush hour, I think. But um, he's driving beside me. Oh, no, that, not rush hour. Sorry. That was way later in the day. This is still like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So he's driving real slow beside me, and I'm like, oh, this is making me feel weird. Why is he doing that? Right. So then he speeds up ahead of me and pulls off into like a, where the merger is. There's like a triangle. Right. You know? So he's sitting there. I pass him. He, now he's on the side that the wheel flew off on. Yeah. And then as soon as I pass him, he pulls out to pull me over. Yeah. So now I'm getting pulled over. So I radio. I have a radio to talk to the team in the back. I radio, hey, we're getting pulled over. He's like, all right, I'll come out front and he stop. So he comes up. State trooper comes up and uh, to the door. And uh, he's like, hey, how you doing? You got your license? Uh, yes, sir. And he's like, you got your log book? Go, yeah, now you're in trouble. There you go. Um... No, sir. And he goes, okay. So, and he just starts going into this. Oh, he's gosh. like, so what? what's going on here? What are you guys doing? Um, we're like, oh, we're a band. He's like, "You are you in the band? And I was like, didn't want to start lying. All right. I might have lied for y'all because I know the drill. Right. In Emory, you know. Well, we shouldn't talk about that, I guess. On what's there, the but. <laughs> well, we just act like you're low key. Yeah, super low key. Keep we're it chill. Tr- trying to, yeah. we're going to record a demo. Right. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I'm not we, a paid, a, we might get. A I'm not a I'd paid to, driver. Yeah, I'd love to have yeah. a demo CD. Yeah, that's right. But I didn't want to go down that road because my thing I always want to ask the cop is, hey, yeah, we're on our way to this Omaha. We're gonna try and record some stuff. We're gonna get. Do you know anybody like make it help us get? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's what I always want to ask the cop. But the thing I could tell when this guy hopped on, he just he was too aware. He's a state trooper for one. So yeah. their whole job is like 
right all highway stuff dot DOT, like they know yep. they know all that shit yeah um so he's like are you in the band and i was like well no and he's like you get paid and i was like yes sir yeah and he's like okay so why don't you have a cdl and I was like, well, you don't need a CDL for these. And he goes, why, why don't you need a CDL to drive this? You're getting paid to drive, aren't you? I'm like, well, uh, yes, sir. And he's like, and I, Bandwagon, they give you this, like, printout p- piece of paper to hand to cops if you get pulled over that explains all this stuff. And we handed it to him, and he starts looking. And he's like, what the hell is this? He's like, you can get, <laughs> all right, uh, you know. Just a dick. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. give a damn whatever piece of paper. I'm telling you the law right now. All right. The law is if you're getting paid to drive somebody, uh, you have to have a CDL. You got to have a medical card. You all got a DOT number? I know, sir. He's like, okay, well, th- yeah, this isn't good. And then he's like, and uh, you guys are uh, also, you guys are overweight, you know, for an RV anyway. So it's like 26,000 pounds for your vehicle and then 10,000 for your trailer. Uh-huh. But if you're under 26,000, you're not considered commercial or you can not be. But when you put them together, if it's over that, yep. then you are. Right. And Bandwagon's trying to say, because they're separate or whatever, that it doesn't matter. Yeah. But he's like, no, it's the gross weight between both. So you have the trailer and this, so you're a commercial. And uh, So he's essentially saying you're a commercial driver, same as any transfer truck, doing yep. interstate commerce, paid he just, he just to do commercial work across state lines. Yeah. So how in the world do you not have to have a logbook and go to the way station and have a DOT yeah. number and do every single thing that a giant tractor trailer would have. Exactly. Which I couldn't really argue with. Yeah. Right. And um, so we were talking a little more and he was talking to the tour manager and he was asking who he was and who's responsible for the thing. And I was like, well, it's in my name. But and he's like, well, are you paying for it? And he's like, if you're paying for it, yeah, you can, you can drive yourself around all you want, I guess. But and he started talking about George Strait. He's like, th- think about it this way. Say George Strait, he's got a bus, right? And George Strait owns the bus or he's renting the bus. And if he wants to drive it around himself, he could do that. He doesn't need a CDL. But George Strait ain't doing that. He's paying somebody. <laughs> he's like, you're getting paid to drive these guys around. And there ain't no judge on earth that's going to believe that you're paying seven grand to rent this thing and drive this band around for fun. He's like, are you paying for it? And I said, no. And he's like, who is? And I said, I don't know. Not me. I don't technically know who is paying so yeah, he just wasn't buying it and asked me to get out of the car. I went back and sat back in the cop car. He called. How are you feeling at that point? At that point, what I knew I was going home. Like you- <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, I knew right then. I was like, "Fuck this bullshit! I'm going home." All right. Like not because like not in a oh I just want out of this right type thing, but just like I'm not driving this thing anymore. This is a mess. All right. You know. Yeah. Uh, this is stupid. Yeah. And no matter how much, and so he calls Bandwagon, and he's talking to the Bandwagon guy, and the Bandwagon's trying to, they're pe- trying to explain it all to him, and he's just like, this is, he's like, this is a savvy little operation you got going here. Sounds like you got your asses covered pretty good, but, you know, it's not legal. If he's getting paid to drive, he has to have all this stuff. So then he calls the federal Department of Transportation yeah. in Iowa, talks to that lady on the phone for a while. They're laughing their asses off about the whole thing. And uh, so I get a ticket, and he opens a federal inspection report. That, oh, God. Um, <laughs> which is, is worse than it sounds, or it's not as bad as it sounds. But basically, if I got pulled over again, he was like, you ain't driving this thing anywhere. 
Like, you, you're not leaving driving this thing. <laughs> He's like, if one of the people in the band want to drive it, they can. You know, people paying for it or whatever, but you ain't driving it anywhere. And uh, so he wrote me a ticket, just one ticket. He's like, I could write you seven tickets right now. And he, like, listed off all the violations I had. And he gave me a warning for all those. I have them on an inspection thing. But he's like, but if you get pulled over again driving this and you try to come up with a story like, oh, you're just in the band, this is going to come right up and they're going to see, nope, this guy already got popped for this in Iowa. Oh, Because it's federal. It's not federal, state. Yeah. So. How much was the ticket? Oh, 125 bucks. Not, not so, that bad. So. But, you could have just said, yeah, I'm in the band. And I everything would have gone away? Maybe at the beginning, but... I'm the bass player. Yeah, but I just didn't... You didn't want to. I didn't feel comfortable doing that. You didn't want to lie. Not for them. Right. So what What did they do then? They well, the like, band, I didn't see the band the whole time this was going on. They just stayed in the back. Yeah. They, like, you know, Mudvayne sold like six million records, like worldwide. They're huge. And... Well, I'll give you an idea of kind of how they look at this whole situation. They view me the same as a bus driver. The first night I walked yeah. on when we parked at Walmart, and the guitar player, and they're pretty old, I walked on the bus to introduce myself, and he's like, hey, man, um, can you get the satellite to work? Uh, we're trying to watch Monday Night Football. That's the first thing I said. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, which you would say to your bus driver. Yeah. Because right. the bus driver, like, runs knows the bus, the bus yeah. knows the bus. Right. And I was just like, uh, Okay. <laughs> I, go, I, I just like start turning it on and off I'm like yeah I don't know um, And then I turned it on and off one time And it came back And then it went away And I was like it's just a signal y'all I, was like, I can't do anything about it But they were just kind of looking at me like You know right? They, didn't, they, what, didn't, they didn't understand where they're they at They had no now. idea Because yeah. the level they're used to is, is beyond that Exactly yeah. so um, They thought I would like work for bandwagon You're right and, and like I'm an expert on this vehicle, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have no idea. And so, so and, oh, they also they were second of four, opening for all that remains. Uh huh. Okay. They had the bandwagon with a massive amount of equipment, like headliner amount of equipment, more, way more equipment than y'all travel with. They had a guitar tech, a drum tech, a merch guy, a tour manager, and a driver. Yeah. Thirty minute set, two wow. of four. Couldn't have been making that much money. You know, it was like an investment tour. It was a budget-biting tour. That's what the tour manager told me. Oh, Lord. <laughs> wow. Just because they're trying full, to get that full off the Full crew. Ground. But they're used to being in international mud. Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, they have, maybe they just have a shit tons of money. So, I mean, so care, what so. do you do? You get the ticket, and then you tell the tour manager so how I get you get the, out of it. Well, the, the tour manager's there talking to him the whole time, too. And, oh, the cop's like, he's like, you need to think about this, buddy. Like, something happens, y'all getting a wreck? He's like, it's coming down on you. He's like, I don't care what bandwagon tells you or what the band tells you. He's like, you're the one that's going to be in trouble if somebody dies in a wreck. Right. And, um, and he's like, think about it, buddy, as I'm getting out of the car. <laughs> and I'm like, I already thought about it. Like, yeah, I'm fucking going on. Yeah, like, I don't need this. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> the whole time I'm thinking, I got a wife and two kids, and what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> like, why am I here? <laughs> driving this bandwagon you were thinking before, that a mile 200 at 4am the night before <laughs> no not really like it's totally fine or you know it's fun to drive and would you have been able to do it the whole tour or would that have been terrible well I was starting to think like maybe this was a bad it's idea a good out. but <laughs> it's a good out <laughs> but 
But every day was going to be pretty easy because I would drive. I'd get there, go to the coffee shop by myself. I was going to, like, write a lot and, that, you know, right. all that. And, and then i go to bed at 4 o'clock in my bunk and drive. Never have to interact with anybody. Right. Um, but, yeah, th- this was just – it was stupid. So that, then, then you're like, okay. And then so you just tell the tour manager, whatever, you got to get me out well, of here. Well, I get out of the cop car and tour manager's like – Man, uh, God, this sucks. And he's like, well, I mean, we can go get you a log book and get, you know, put something on the window. And I go, <laughs> I go, I don't know, no man. <laughs> I go, I don't know. And he's like, well, I mean, you know, we just, you know, we'll, we'll make it work. And I'm like, I don't know so if I feel comfortable. So they're trying to get you to stay yeah. after that. Like, I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. And he's like, well, I, just, I don't know, you know, what the ruling is or who who's right and who's wrong. You know, the cop says one thing and bandwagon says another. And I was like. The ruling's in my fucking wallet. I have a ticket. Like a yeah. citation and a inspection. Like, uh, who gives a shit what Bandwagon says now? Right. I don't care. And um, so he's kind of skirting it, and he wasn't very direct. It was like the whole time he's trying to, like, look for somebody to fix the trailer Tyler, uh, tire, and I kind of want to be like, hey, let's figure this shit out. Right. Figure out who's driving this thing, because I'm done. Yeah. Because they didn't want... The cops said, you're not driving off of this spot. That's what he said. He left, but... You know, yeah, yeah, and uh, so we kind of just hang out for a few hours there on the I, side of the road. Uh, we were like at a truck stop, you know, parking lot, and um, I kept saying, "Yeah, I don't know, man. I feel really uncomfortable with this." And I called Cassie. I was like, "What do I do?" Like, I was like, "This doesn't feel like a good idea." I was like, "You know, I don't want to screw him over, but this is stupid, right?" And uh, so finally, we were both sitting in the front cabin. I said, "Hey, man, I'm sorry. I just, you know, got to go. Can't do it." And he like didn't talk to me the rest of the night, and I never saw the band. And then they uh, he texted me in the middle of the night, and he was like, "We're trying to work out details. We'll try to get you out in Denver, but we're not covering your flight." And I was like, "Well, I already have a Delta family thing for yep. Omaha. I, was like, I already got one for Omaha." He's like, "Well, we can't get you to the airport until the trailer's fixed." I was like, "I'm just gonna take a fucking Uber." Yeah, I'm not waiting on you guys to take me to the airport. So, um, so I think they're pretty mad. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I don't, so you left, I don't, from, you left from the truck stop at three a.m. this morning. Three a.m. Three a.m. this morning. You today. Left the tr- and how far were you from the airport? <laughs> oh, we were right across the river, so not oh. far, not far. So you had a whatever fifty dollar ride to the airport and got on a plane, and came home. No, it's fourteen bucks <laughs> and a free flight home. And, so you just but you didn't make any money. Them. They didn't pay you any money. Well, I hit them up today and I was like, "Hey, I need y'all to take my name off the rental agreement before you drive it again. I need you to send me money for the ticket and I need you to send me money for my time." <laughs> but you you're not going to get good that. luck. Yeah, yeah. You need to call Bandwagon and say, my name is off this immediately. Yeah, they said they put it off. I, I need to call Bandwagon and make sure it is. Yeah. But, um, I really, I think they're unjustified in the whole thing. First of all, it's not my fault we had a shitty trailer. Oh, another thing, the trailer, the license plates were switched. They had the, Bandwagon put the wrong license plate on the wrong trailer. So the cop ran the trailer license plate, and he's like, that's an expired tag you have. Yeah. And we're just like, God. God. So you don't even know what they did or who drove or how they're fixing it. Don't care. Yeah. That's, I mean. Yeah. But you don't even know. I have no idea. Yeah. I, I left at 3 a.m. <laughs> that sounds really fun. That's like getting out, like going to college, 
going to your second class and look getting the syllabus uh, and say, like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Like leaving halfway through. No, it felt kind of like that. Second class. And well, going I call to the I call Cassie. And not coming back. I call Cassie. <laughs> been going on for a while. I'm like, hey, baby, I think I'm coming home tomorrow. She's like, what? And I was like, I got a ticket and a, and a federal investigation and all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> She's freaking out, kind of. Because you were you were going to be gone five weeks. Five weeks. So now it's like, Woo, I was gone two days. I'm time. home. Yeah. And so this is what Cassie said. So you were going to miss Thanksgiving and your son's birthday. birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now you get total bonus. Yeah. But, I mean, you were counting on the money, too, though. So now everything's changed. I can make the money here. You know, I right. drive Uber and stuff. Yeah. It was The reason I did that because it's just guaranteed and not wearing on our car or whatever. Right. So I was like, well, that, that'll be good. And I, I was saying, I was like, that'll be good. I'll go drive every night and then write during the day because yeah. I'd um, – have some like freelance writing gigs now do you that's what i want to ask you so you're going to do school for writing still in journalism yes and you're what other stuff are you trying to write what were you trying to write well the i'm doing writing for like a one of those websites that just posts bullshit you know like like uh like buzzfeed five (laughs) five uh not buzzfeed but it's called menstrait.com what's it called it sounds like menstruate but it's menstruate.com. Weird. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Menstruate. And uh, I got a few articles up there already about mostly cooking and travel and stuff. They just Dude, need BS articles for their search well, rankings and stuff? I found them. There's a good it? website for freelance writing gigs. I mean, there's a ton of them out there. Yeah. Um, some of them don't pay good. This one pays pretty good. Right now, it's like $15 for 500 words, yeah. which 500 words takes 20 or 30 minutes yeah. to write. That's pretty good. So. I emailed them and sent them some of my stuff, and I was like, I don't know if this is what y'all are looking for. I'm just yeah. kind of full of shit and vulgar. And he was like, he's like, I want you to write for us and don't change a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you doing? Are you trying to do another creative project or not? Like another book? Yeah. Yeah, so part of the school thing, so I was telling Toby, when I started thinking about the my writing career, like I don't know if I even know how to write anything other than about myself or yeah. just spewing bullshit. Yeah. You know? Like, I think there's some... But you can do that about a lot of topics. Yeah, you can, but I think there's some talent there, but I would like to seriously refine it and get better at it. And uh, it's frustrating because everybody that's telling me to go back to... Or everybody I'm telling you to go back to school say, says I shouldn't. That's <laughs> a waste of time and money. But most of those people have degrees and good jobs. True. And so I, I see the point, but I'm, I think in three years, if I don't go and do it, I think three years from now I'll be thinking, you should have just gone and done it. Yeah. Because um, there's also there's a lot of, for writing and stuff, it's not even just the books and blogs and stuff. There's a lot of cool jobs you can get, like advertising and copywriting and sure. stuff like that. So Sure. I mean, I'm sure. I really that, like I don't it. think the degree itself helps you. But you'll be in that position with the, the non-traditional students yeah. who are older and sitting there, and you really are focusing. And, like, you'll oh, yeah. want to talk to the professors. No, I'm going to – Like, I you'll, think you'll I'll care about it, it so yeah. much compared to the, I think the I'll 19 year olds that are there. And, I always uh, remember being the 20-year-old in college looking at that 35-year-old thinking, who is this old loser sitting in the front of class trying to ask, get all the questions, talk to the teacher and do all this stuff. But that's going to be you now. I mean, I'm a published author, motherfucker. Yep, you're already a published I, author. I'm writing for a baseball site now. That's that, good. Uh, it's not paid, but it's um, pretty cool. It's just crazy. It's this young kid. He was 16. Yeah. Started a baseball site, uh, baseballessential.com. 
and he's just kind of it was like at first people were just being nice to him because he was a kid trying to do it yeah and so he just started getting credentialed at minor league games and stuff like that and then like interviewing minor leaguers and then the minor leaguers get to the majors and they and already knew him and then he's like hey can i come interview you again or whatever so now he has this big site and they're getting like they get like half a million hits a year um which is pretty good i think right wait is it five, half a million or might be half a million a month i can't remember it's pretty good and they're like affiliated with fox sports like sometimes their articles get upstreamed that's yep. cool um so I'm writing for them, so that's pretty cool. Well, I want you to I want to do another real book with you. You want to do one? No, I do. What do you want to well, do next? Well, so that's the other thing about the journalism thing. I'm like, well, if I want to write about, um, like we talked about writing about Emory or yeah, that's write, what I want you to do. You want to write an Emory book? Yeah, but I'm saying maybe I don't know if I'd be good at it yet. Do you think? That's why I was like journalism school. Maybe I'll learn how to interview You're the best, most published author that I personally know. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Um, I don't. Well, what do you? What? What kind of tone would an Emory book have? Vulgar, filthy, <laughs> sexy, nasty. See, there's just so much stuff I know about y'all that, like, hey, I, ooh, I know. Make an unauthorized book about us. Uh, ooh, that would. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to uh, unofficially. Yeah. Authorize the unauthorized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when you work at the White House and get fired, and then you write a book or something. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like the press secretary Do has not to like expose our secrets. You it, bastard! I would love to. Read what if a we book had? That what if you manufactured a whole off. drama, and like y'all came out and you're like denying stuff, yeah. and that did not know. happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some, trying to just cash in, and the whole time y'all are, we, we put it out on a friend. We put out on a sub sub uh, publishing company. Yeah. Published by <laughs> that'd be so awesome. Published by in the media, we're DC against each works. other stuff, but we're like clinking champagne. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you do scenes. enough research, you'll see it was clearly published by BC Words. <laughs> I mean, so I want to write like the the scene book, you know, like the I was saying about like the under oath, Emory, nor like just writing about our world, you know. Yeah. But I was like, how do I even? I have no clue how to go in and investigate anything. You don't think you or, could interview and take like <sighs> journal entries that Chopper had and just talk to us about our yeah. first early years and then t- and retell those stories or something? No, I think I could. I just, I'm not even saying I wouldn't want to do that while I'm learning all that other stuff, too. You know, yeah. I think school will just make me sharper and smarter and yeah. um, just build some skills and. Confidence, really. So, I have no confidence yeah. in life. <laughs> like, I don't think I'm that's going to change. Well, but it's just you, from school, you don't think like if I have a degree, I'm just like I did something. No, I don't. To, you don't think so? Because <laughs> no, right now, like I applied for a bunch of jobs. I, I mean, was talking I don't to think it cures <laughs> confidence issues. Well, I would, but <laughs> I was talking to Colin degree. about trying to get a job out in Salt Lake. Yeah. And he was like, dude, you don't need a degree, man. I'd help you get a job out here doing something, like at his company. Or yeah. There's a lot of, like, internet companies in Salt Lake. And I was like, well, Cassie would move. We like it there a lot. Yeah. Well, And we're really good friends with Colin. And, right. But I just started looking at all the jobs, and they, they all do want a degree. And when I look at my sure, resume, sure. I'm like, I don't even know how to sell myself because I'm kind of yeah. like, I haven't really. Yeah, that's true. You know? I, I understand that. So how are you feeling post nervous breakdown and all that last time i talked to you you were saying that you even have been on some medications yeah i'm doing a lot i'm doing a lot anxiety and that are you medicated now yeah yeah i take a a anti-antidepressant like joey you do what's it called it's called uh 
Citolifram. And so Citolifram is the same Citalifram. thing. SSRIs, but they work the same. They, they're, they're called antidepressants, but they, they work on anxiety as well yeah, as depression. Yeah, I'm not a, de- I'm you're not, not a depressed you, yeah. person. I have been depressed a few times since I started taking the antidepressants, oh, really? yes. I've had days where anxiety where wise, they help a ton. Much better, and blood pressure medicine. And you told me that you are like more motivated and focused and feel smarter. Yeah, I'm still like, like yeah, yeah, I feel, well, I'm still trying to figure out like where to, that's the school thing. I'm like trying to figure out where to focus that. So now I feel like, oh, you can, you could buckle down and, and do that. Do you think and I don't school, feel overwhelmed at the but idea school of is basically, <clears throat> if you get through it, you'll feel more accomplished, right? Not yeah, for sure. But I mean, I, do you really think they think, will make you a better writer? Like, don't you think? Like, yes, I really do. But here's the thing: I mean, like, I'm not gonna do it on my own. But you're, well, you, you already did it. Yeah, you I wrote a book, but did I didn't it. get better. I'm not doing anything to actively get better. Who? I'm not learning what's about better. What would be better? That, like, if you had that degree, what would be, what would have been better? Motherfucker, I'm gonna come out book. of here and tell Cassie I'm not going to school now. <laughs> I talked to Matt and Toby. I'm not talking you out of it. I no, talked to Matt and Toby. No, no I'm, that's what I'm saying. <clears throat> what I would like to know is what would have been better about your book if you had a degree, do you think? Oh, I don't know if anything would have been better. I don't, it's not that I want to change anything about this book. Right. <clears throat> I'm saying it, the other books I'd like to try to write or if I'd like to do some baseball. I don't want to go be like a reporter. Like I don't want to be a beat you reporter think, where you, you cover But going to college, you have the credentials to get into those. They say, hey, <clears throat> I have a degree. Yeah, a little like bit. Like a resume. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to, but I mean, like you wrote a book and it's kick-ass and it's sold really well. No, I know, but. I mean, that that's what everybody that you're going to be sitting beside you wants to yeah. do and you did it. I know. I don't, I'll be that so much better my already. Thing is, I actually think you're trying to, I mean, I feel bad for Cassie. I think you're going to college to try and hook up with co-eds and be yeah. cool. I am joining a you frat. You're going to go live in a co-ed <laughs> I'm joining a fr- you? I told Toby at dinner I'm going to join a frat. <laughs> I think so that'd be awesome. I think I'd be the best one there, you know? <laughs> It'd be so awesome, literally, if it, like six months from now we see pictures. He's at a frat house. He's wearing khaki shorts. Oh, yeah. He's definitely going to be uh, SAE. University of Tennessee belt, orange colors, He's going to have an SAE paddle on his wall. <laughs> there, I can't lie. There is Collard, a small polo shirt. There is a small part of me that like, man, college, man. I just didn't do that. Let's just go. <laughs> I want. I want the sweatshirt. I want the uh, the like, hat. You're gonna be like old school. The movie. Yeah. Old school. It is. Yeah. It's like old school, but for real. Yeah. Except for you're gonna be the old guy, and everybody's like, oh, that guy. Yeah. So, but so uh, seriously, now you're an advocate for antidepressants. You think that's a good deal? Well, me, they worked. They worked well. Why, well, Joey's? I don't know about Joey. <laughs> no one does. I don't know about that. Nobody, Nobody does. Because I'm doing a lot better than he is. I think. <laughs> you're, yeah, compared to, compared to Joey, yeah, you're, you're killing. Really no, mine was life. really like I, you're, w- you're, I had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Cassie's like, you're going to the doctor. I went to the doctor. They gave me some medicine, and then like a month later, I was like, oh, not so bad. Okay, well. I've had a few anxious, you know, but for the most things, part, you you totally credit the medicine, and you're just normal now. Yeah, I haven't done any therapy. Cassie didn't report other side effects, or you're not yourself, or anything. Like um, that? I there was a minute. Can you still at, feel your wiener? At first, it was a little bit. Uh, you were uninterested. Placid? No, not uninterested, <laughs> but it was like Working difficult. In, you had to work hard to get there. Not to get there, but to get it. <laughs> get, <laughs> bust that nut. <laughs> oh, it took forever. Yeah. 
Matt, you got to get on that out of presents. Tell me the name of that again. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, can you get that over the counter? <laughs> it's only $4. That shit sounds awesome, actually. <laughs> no, I, I think, um, I mean, I've heard different people said they had to try a bunch of different medicines, but this Yours one worked. the first one. Yeah, it just works. So. Or it doesn't work, and I just think I'm better. Placebo. Because of, is that what that is? Where yeah. You, yeah. you just think it's good. So, but I think the blood pressure medicine actually helps a lot. So the blood pressure medicine keeps your like the panic. So it's the a pan- beta blocker. Yeah, the panic attack I had came from anxiety. So the antidepressant works on the anxiety, uh-huh. but the blood pressure helps curve the like the adrenaline. Like, yeah. you know, well, is is it a beta blocker? Is this, do you know if that's what it is? I don't know. We were discussing that. I think that's where it takes the physical symptoms out of, like, nervousness or anxiety uh-huh. or shakiness when you give a presentation. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. So I, f- I feel, yeah, it's good. So you've had a wild day, and you're still feeling nice and level. Are you, you feel like oh, you're yeah. on a crash? Or are you on um, this? Well, I slept from, like, 6 o'clock till 3 a.m., got up, kind of took a nap this afternoon because I was feeling pretty weird. But Yeah. Yeah, it has been a weird day. I didn't expect to be back here with y'all. Are you going to work tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to go Uber. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Unfortunately. Well, thanks. We just want to check in with you, but thanks yeah. for that's a, I think that's a good um, feature for the podcast. You just you don't do like a full, well, how long has this interview been? Maybe 30 minutes. Maybe a little long, but do like 15-minute check-ins yeah. with people. People that were worried about. Yeah, well, because, yeah. you know, y'all y'all been having episodes where you don't have a guest. Yeah. Don't do a full guest. Just do yeah. like, hey, let's uh, we're going to check in with so-and-so. He was going through some shit, and hopefully they'll be worse. Yeah. Hopefully they'll be worse. <laughs> it's not uh, as entertaining if they're better. Uh, college boy telling us how to run yeah. our show. Yeah, what well, yeah. you, oh, you get? get a communications get yeah. degree, radio broadcasting degree. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go to college and learn how to run a website. and college boy. Uh, podcast and all that shit. <laughs> well, I can't wait for your next book. All right, college boy. We'll see you later. All right, we got the news coming up, or <laughs> <laughs> no? Just we'll hey. see you later. Interview's over. Goodbye. Hey, Cassie, you're, you're not. St- Goodbye. Cassie, Cassie saw a story today that I thought of you, and shit, I can't remember it now. No, <laughs> we'll do the news. No, you won't be. Yeah, here. Yeah, you won't be here. You'll be studying you, for the you, GRE study, or whatever. Please. You got an entrance exam yeah. or something to take. Do you have some kind of equivalency? Hey. Go take yeah. math 101. Yeah. Math. You got to get algebra. Okay. You, are you up on your algebras? I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I started look, I got to take a, take a compass test. It's a placement for math. Right. If you've been out of college for a long time. Yeah. Gonna, I went yeah. to some of the sample questions. You're going to be like our old drummer Seth when he got into college. He he had so bad on that that he had to take Math 99. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be. <laughs> and it wouldn't even count. He had to take that before he could get into 101 right. to get his basic math. It's, it's gonna, I, I withdrew from college algebra all three semesters I went to college when I was 18 and 19. <laughs> I, the counselor would make me sign up, and then I'd first day withdraw. I, I failed algebra three times in college, so much so that Charleston Southern, they said because I failed it so much, I couldn't take it there anymore. I would have had to have taken it at another place. And you tra- then you transferred? Yeah, I just left the school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, goodbye, All right, See you later, Aaron. All right, well, I quite enjoyed that, so must keep on keeping on, fellas. Okay. Guys, Joey. 
Yo. Matt. Yes, Toby. Um, I mean, I know we were talking about love languages earlier. Uh-huh. You know, you know what love relies on most? Um, Sex. For sure. Oh, well, that's actually very true. Yeah. But what is true about sex? Um, that it is the truth. Feels good. Feels good and it's the truth. Oh, and that's, okay. that's what I kind of want to talk about. I kind of want to talk about the f***ing truth. <laughs> Your love language is news. Bleep that out, Billy. And then you can leave in that I asked you to bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that, too. All right. Uh, Matt, kick the music for me. All right. In a world where the number one people, the number one type of person that people don't trust are your local clergy, <laughs> <laughs> and you decide to start a podcast with one of them. <laughs> My name is Toby Morell. It's the damn news. Y'all think that's true? Uh, on a, on a, seriously, like, just mm-hmm. think about in your, in your town. Right, Matt. Maybe even your local. Area. I like. Yeah, I like this. Let's do it. Okay. Tell me more. What, do you, what are you thinking? What do you think is the average, uh, like, on a scale of I, I trust you. I don't trust mm-hmm. you. Where do you think pastors, local clergy people, like fall? All on right. That? Well, well, let's let, let's see if I can put it into a good thought experiment here. Okay. Now you are have a, some kind of emergency. You're out with your two kids. Right. Something and something <laughs> comes up. You now must leave your two kids. With a stranger at the mall because your wife, and just just go along with that part of it. Right. So here is all you know. You are going to leave your kids with somebody, and your choices are simply, you're going to leave your two children with, this is all you know about them, a fireman by trade (laughs) or a clergy member by trade, period. Which one? And that's all. You just don't have any other information in this wow. scenario. Right. Which one do you choose? Wow. I, would, I actually think it's very easy, the fireman. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I would say almost 100% the fireman. Yeah. So, Joey, what about you? Mm. I mean, you don't know. I mean, so, you just, it's not, I'm not no, saying it's your local that. pastor or, or even the, the head pastor Joey, at a Baptist church. You, you know. have to answer truthfully. A fireman. Because why? <laughs> Huh? <laughs> I mean, it's one of your own. You're turning your back on your own kind. You would not trust another pastor uh, over a fireman to take care of my kids. Yeah. It, if I don't know the, you don't know either one at all. You don't even get to look at them. You just know that what their career is. <laughs> I mean, one is a man of God, and the other one is a servant to the community. I, I guess can. Yeah, I, I think this answer is hard because I think we you can read. You said so, fireman. I think you can read so much out of a two-minute interaction with someone. Zero-minute interaction. You are not going to see them or talk to them at all. You know nothing except for those facts. Up in a fire suit you don't see him walking up. You don't look at him. Right. Just the information that you have, which one. That's all the information you get. Wow. It's not, I mean, it's wild because it's obviously it would be a fireman. Yeah, I mean, I think so for okay, sure. Accountant I, I, or youth pastor? Oh, an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that youth pastors have a really bad name. Okay, <laughs> priest <laughs> or lawyer? 
Ooh, that's that was a little tough. Priest lawyer. is a huge no-no. Of lawyer, because lawyer knows all. Yeah, but I said lawyer because they're not the most people right. like to say bad stuff about them. But priest would have to be one of the biggest red flag words, wouldn't it? Catholic priest or strip club owner. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, all of those are are probably favor not the. The How about this? Does, it, does this change your mind? None or a fireman? A none? Uh, probably a none. I think, I probably, mean, I don't know. I, but I, I, I don't know about that. I, I do believe just her being feminine yeah. changes the whole view of what it is. I mean, well, I, also, I, I've met for some, my wife, too, you know, like, yeah, I, I've met some nuns that are just super down to earth and really are in it for the right reasons. Yeah. I've um, definitely never even met a nun, so I wouldn't. I don't even have yeah, I went idea. to Catholic school. Hey, have y'all seen the movie Spotlight? Nope. No. I'm just curious. It's one best picture, and it's about the uncovering of the Catholic molestation and all that stuff. So, Oh, yeah. I heard it's really good. I don't really care to see it, though. I, I don't. Know if I like movies like that. Like everybody keeps talking about that movie about the housing market with Steve Carell. The big short. I, yeah, I don't care. Like if it's kind of based on reality, I'm like, shit. I went through that. I lived through it. What? <laughs> I got to watch a whole hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, I remember 2008. It was kind of shitty. I, okay, I movie. Still own a condo from that situation. What? Do I, I now I got to watch a movie where people are upset about it's it. An <laughs> artistic, <laughs> it's, it's an artistic expression Who of it. Who gives a shit? I lived it. Yeah, yeah, but you can sing a song yeah, about, about how you lived no. it, and it sounds good. You're like, oh, I like. Think how about song. the end of Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure, and Dottie says, "Hey, don't you want to see the movie?" He goes, "No." I lived it. <laughs> he says something like that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I lived through the shitty housing market. You get it. I bought a condo. It went down value. What else is there? Mo- no, no, roll what? credits. If you, wrote, <laughs> if, you wrote, if, you wrote if you wrote a kick-ass song about our college days this, and the song sounded great, I wouldn't be like, well, I lived that. I don't want to hear the song. Because it's entertaining. You did art. The movie's art. Now, you may not like it. You make that's no a, sense. It's a bad... No, you it make no, no sense. sense. Toby not, is hey. strongly in favor of fantasy and crazy and action right. movies, especially yeah. in the theater. Like, he's never oh, going to go God. see something that's intellectual versus Van Helsing. Toby, I, was, I hated that movie. Oh, it was just... Joey the went and saw ever. Deadpool for my birthday. It wasn't the worst ever. It was a great movie. I just don't like superhero movies, so I... I, I I really tried to give Matt, it a fair shot. What's the greatest movie ever made? Legends I, of the Fall. Yeah, I knew he was. No, say not that. Legends of the Fall. You said another movie was the greatest movie ever made. Oh, I think the the greatest achievement in cinema is that what you're asking is Avengers Part One. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like superhero movies either, but no, that I, I just I, can't believe the, the the scope of that movie and the egos and the budgets and that it could a movie could be, get that large could get made um, from a management from a. From sh- the sheer, yeah. just how could right. a project that large ever be accomplished? Deadpool was great. It was, you know, it that's was, the way I look at it. It's not like it's my favorite, you know, movie. Like I, but. I, yeah, never mind. Can we, can we move on to the news? We're on the news, yeah. Yeah, we're on the news. We've already done a story on Spotlight, the Catholic Church, Trust, um, Deadpool, Toby's birthday. This comes from my good friends at the Huffington Post. Buzzing sex toy sparks bomb scare. And I thought this was a little... Uh, risque because, as y'all know, there's been a lot of bombing and, and terrorist attacks like in uh, Brussels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did y'all hear about that one? Yeah. It came out that there was like a, a bunch of people died. Anyway, so, that that's all over the internet. You can find that news. Back to the vibrator. Right. Well, one thing I was thinking is, <laughs> it's interesting, like, we live in a time now where literally bomb jokes are are 
very uh, uh, controversial to make or talk about because, I mean, people are dying all the time from terrorist like attacks. That, that happens normally. And like it's changing. What We're in an interesting time of what jokes are and what's accepted and not accepted. Like it, I mean, I'm, I'm going to read this story, but seriously, this is about a sex toy that caused a bomb scare, which is going to be kind of funny. But I, at the same time, People have died from a bomb. People are like, hey, maybe we shouldn't. I don't know. I, I feel, I guess I'm, I'm fully on with nothing is off limits. But I would think Matt's in agreement with me and Joey, you aren't. Okay. The, the, do you think you can joke about anything no matter what time or how recently it happened? Like anything. Like, I mean, it could be very hurtful to somebody. Like somebody recently lost some, you know, people in Brussels or whatever it was, Belgium. Um, you know, I think 28 people died recently. What do you mean can? Like, can do it and you it's okay? You can joke about anything. Like, you can go, no matter what. It'd have to be a matter of taste, what you'd have to say. Not a matter of subject. Yeah, I wouldn't say it'd be good to do that, like, publicly, not knowing who you could possibly be hurting. Like, if you went on TV and started joking about Matt, you don't think comedian? 9-11. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, tons of people make tons of 9/11 jokes. No, I'm saying like if I don't think it would be right to get on a late night talk show on 9/11/2001, talking shit about the buildings collapsing. I mean, that's that's what happened to some of the comedians. They made they made jokes within a week or so, and then people really got mad at them. But what I'm saying was it maybe they it should have been okay to do that. I mean, it depends on the taste of what the joke was. Like Norm Macdonald makes uh, Holocaust jokes sometimes. And it's very funny, but some people probably be really offended even now yeah. about that. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just interesting. I, I, I think your offense shouldn't stop people from saying whatever they want to say. Sure. And, but- that, and you can be offended and retaliate or whatever, but maybe. I, I don't know. Well, let, let's, let's, let's bring this per- closer to home. You lose one of your kids, right? Like they're dead. Right, and I want to crack jokes about it all the time. You wouldn't be my friend. You'd be like, I mean, you make jokes a lot about Joshua, your friend, your friend that died, and his wife Liz, and you make jokes all the time to her, yeah, to her because that's a good thing. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, why is it so? Why why is laughing about something considered so disrespectful? That's all I'm saying. Like, laughter is like a lot of times the best medicine. So I just don't know, like for me personally, if you made a joke about, if, if Ruby died, I would be devastated. One of the things I need is to not be devastated. Like I need some levity. I need something to help me get through it for me. And I think sometimes people are so, would rather be offended than a human. Yeah, but, um, why not, but so we haven't, I haven't gotten to the story. No, look, that, that's simple. There's a, even if Ruby died, there'd be jokes that you could make about Ruby that would be, tasteful and ones that wouldn't and you would appreciate the right. ones that were uh, right. you know what that really sure. did hit hit oh. a truth about ruby that is something right. we all loved and that but, made me feel I'm, better I'm, I'm, or, even if somebody made a no. bad joke if they were doing it like for the for laughter that's even if it was in poor taste if they were if they were doing it to hurt me or to be cruel okay but if they were doing it to try and be funny i i don't know maybe that's still okay well here's a big difference so like if toby's having a bad day this is something similar that i would say to liz about her her husband if toby's having a bad day and i said dude you still upset about your whole daughter thing dying that would be something that we could possibly get a kick out of i'm still not sure depending on how long after but if i actually made fun of toby or made fun of her and how she died I don't think Toby's ever going to think that's funny. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. But like if, if something specific happened to her that caused her death and I joked around about that, 
I just don't see how Toby would ever be like, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's funny. Well, then if, if it was funny, he would. But if it wasn't funny, then you're just being a dickhead. No, I don't think there's anything that I could say in presenting it to make it funny. A vibrating sex funny. toy triggered a bomb scare in the northern Italy, Italian town of Medina. A resident called police uh, to report a suspicious vibration coming from a roadside plastic recycling bin. And the ANSA news agency reported this, that the street was shut down and a 650-foot area co- uh, was corded off as fire crews also attended and found a, a buzzing sex toy. It was vibrating because its batteries hadn't been removed before disposal, according to the local, uh, which is a newspaper there. The gadget's previous owner has not been identified. In September, authorities locked down parts of Genoa, some 200 miles west of Medina, after a pressure cooker filled with, a, with minestrone soup left a, at a di- disused train station pr- platform was mistaken for an explosive. In the same month, a chocolate factory worker in Vermont called a bomb threat to try and get a to get fired, and it worked, um, which is really funny. I, I remember in high school, I had some friends that called in a, a bomb threat just so they could get out of school, <laughs> and they never got caught either, which is really funny. But I, that's this totally goes into my point of, I mean, can't we just laugh at that? Like, people that heard a buzzing. I remember, uh, it's really funny. This was back in, man, I think, I want to say, my brother might have been in, like, maybe a freshman in high school or something. He was sick. He stayed home one day. And um, my dad came home and told me the story. He said, you won't believe this. He said, I was at work today, and I get a call and say, Tommy, come here. He's your son. He's, he's uh, really upset. And my dad said, uh, okay. And he went and answered the phone. And he said, Gary, uh, it sounded like Gary was out of breath because he had been running. And he goes, dad, dad, there's a bomb in the kitchen. And dad goes, what are you, wait, what are you talking about? He said, there's a bomb in the kitchen. I saw it. I heard a ticking. And there's a bomb, this black box in the kitchen. And uh, I think the house is going to. So that was like at 3.30. My dad didn't get off till 5. Gary was so scared he stayed out of the house until my dad got there. <laughs> my dad comes home. Walks into the house, obviously <laughs> knowing that no one had planted a bomb in our house. Looks in there. He hears the ticking. Looks up. It's the clock above our counter on the wall. And then he looks in there, and it's one of those black uh, roach motel things that catches roaches. And so my brother had saw that and <laughs> that thought was it was And a heard bomb. the ticking. Right, heard the ticking. It was like, it's a bomb for sure. And so that, there's a little bit of paranoia there, too. That, that's what I'm saying. That's a really long story, Toby, that didn't pay off with something about your mom's vibrator there. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was a dildo. <laughs> Shit, you're right, man. It was just a roach motel. But I thought it was so funny. My brother literally stayed out of the house. But that's the thing. Like, isn't paranoia the same as a bad joke? I mean, it's still not helpful. You know what I mean? Like, it's not helpful. So either reaction, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe a well-placed joke is, is good. And why would we, should, we shouldn't live our life as super scared of terrorist bombs, should we? I mean, I think that's part of what the media does. Like, Fox News and stuff just wants you to be completely scared that, hey, wait a minute, it could be a bomb in that trash can. Well, the people that are good at comedy is certainly their job to make us all see stuff differently and do it well. And there's well, well, stuff that's in poor taste, but it's the it's comedians whose skill and job it is. They, I need them to talk about that kind of stuff. All right, I got one more for you guys. All right, I got one more for you guys. This comes from this comes from blah, blah 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 blah. I had to get it out. 
Roving reporter Mike Drinkwater. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make fun of people, you asshole. Drinkwater? You're, you're a dipshit. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't drink water. Drinkwater. Wow, he's healthy. Guess what? If he drank a bunch of diet soda, he'd be such a hypocrite. Joey is a jokeophobe. He has him. He really longs to be able to say whatever he wants and say yep. any joke that he wants. But he's, you know, he just acts really hard against jokes because <laughs> he actually is that. Anyway, uh, I found this on another site, but because Mike, you sent it in, I'm going to read your article. Man fitted with bionic penis after childhood accident loses virginity at 44 with sex worker. Now I don't know if y'all remember. I reported on this guy getting his bionic penis months ago. So this is kind of interesting. This comes from the Mirror. In the UK, let's see, um, a man who lost his penis in a childhood accident has finally lost his virginity at the age of 44. Muhammad Abad uh, has a $70,000 or euro bionic penis and tested it for the first time with <laughs> sex, worker, sex worker Charlotte Rose. The security guard from Edinburgh said it was great. I've been waiting for this day since I was 18, but now a big burden is off my back, and I'm so happy. Mohammed, known as Mo, was luckily lucky to survive after he was run over and dragged 600 yards when he fell into the road during a snowball fight at age six. After the accident, doctors attached a makeshift fleshy tube, but it wasn't until 2012 that the NHS was able to fit him with an 8-inch, 8-inch state-of-the-art bionic penis. It took surgeons at the University College of London three years to mold Muhammad's new penis using skin taken from his arm. It has two tubes which inflate to give him an erection when he presses a button on his testicle. (laughs) (laughs) Reebok pump makes this from the layer one. Uh, but Mo had to wait to lose his virginity because it only recently became fully functioning. Charlotte, who was 35, got in touch with Mo after hearing about his plight, and he asked her to be a part of his first sexual experience. Mo explained, I wanted someone who was willing to accept me the way I was. I'm a learner. I've got L plates. I didn't want to go in all guns blazing and make an idiot of myself. The pair met for the first time in Central London Hotel and spent a few days getting to know each other before they had sex. A setback saw Moe's bionic penis, penis malfunction with one side of the pump failing to inflate properly on the big night and they were forced to de- delay their big moment. But although it was frustrated, the next day they were able to seal the deal. Well, as far as bionic penises malfunctioning, it could be a lot worse. When you hear bionic penis malfunction, you don't think, oh, didn't quite inflate all the way. So that's a good, a good thing for sure. Well, Matt, I don't know if you can answer this question for me, but it, it is interesting to me. It seems to me that the penis is extremely sensitive, right? Hmm, I hadn't noticed that. But yeah, I think <laughs> now that you mentioned it, I think you're probably well, right. Is it, it's not, so if they were able to form a penis from like arm skin and all this stuff, is the sensitivity level the same? I'm sure it's not the same. I don't know how they connect nerve endings or how that works at all. Right. I don't I don't don't know, but I'm certain it's not the same. There's gotta be yeah. some differences there. There's no way. Why do y'all think they chose eight inches? Like they could have Well, I mean, I mean you can't have a, a three inch bionic penis. Give me a break. <laughs> hey baby, I got a bionic penis. You you're Matt, not you're making, ain't gonna be three inches. Or three inch penises. <laughs> but what I was gonna say is it's kinda funny because I wonder if that was like his choice. Like, 
at six inches, he was like, yeah, yeah, I can take a little more uh, skin off mm-hmm. my arm. And then it's like seven, you know, hey, one more surgery won't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what's really funny is he has an eight-inch bionic penis now, but his right arm is, like, skinny as hell. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, guys, we want to thank all of our BC clubbers. We're not going to read any names right now because we are, we've, we've been getting so many new sign-ups. We've got to organize that a little bit. But for those of you that want to jump on, now is the time to do it with all these releases coming out. We've got Zach Bolin. We've got Devin Shelton. We've got Sherwood. We've got some surprises that you don't know about that maybe Matt could let you in on right now at this time. Maybe not. But anyway, no, we've got, we got a lot of stuff coming your way. Joey? Yeah. I know you don't want to make fun of people. Okay. But you'd rather take it yourself, right? Yeah. All right. Joey, your mama's so bald that a wig wouldn't even help. Joey, your mama's so bald you can see what's on her mind. Joey, your mama's so bald that she took a shower and she got brainwashed. Joey, your mama's so bald she curls her hair with rice. <laughs> Joey, your mama's so bald that when she put on a sweater, folks thought she was a roll of deodorant. I don't even understand that one. Yeah, like the band roll-on deodorant, remember? It's oh, the ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. They don't have that's that right. so much anymore. Do you blame your parents for your baldness? Like, no. I mean, is that something you can do? Yeah. Like your it, dad's bald. Well, genetically, it's on the, the mother's side, and all of my uncles on, on her side and her father were all bald. So I don't think that's true. I read that that's not true, that your mom or dad gives you the baldness. But, Matt, maybe you know. I don't know. I don't believe it's that simple, no. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, I don't a, know. it's likely a so I, I'm going to say a term a polygene trait, but I don't know. I can't back that all the way up. But I, well, you I'm know, glad, like most things, are, it's not a single gene in a single place that determine things. I'm glad like you that. guys are going against hundred years of old wives' tales. When when Joey's family goes to get their hair cut, they just go to the bowling alley and stick their head in the ball, in the ball polisher. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Someone drink one extra beer. Hey, Steve, the Spensons are here. <laughs> You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.